Welcome to the Red Cedar Rundown, the number one MSU football and basketball fan podcast. On today's show, got a very special guest, Darian Harris, on the RCR podcast. We're going to uh, break down the Tulsa game and preview the Western game as well. Send us your comments, and we'll be sure to read them on the show. Clark? Hey, Gare. Welcome in. A little early morning sesh today. Yeah, not very early morning, but don't hate it for the reasoning. want to thank Darian Harris for coming on the pod. We just got done uh, doing an interview with him. Yeah, and we'll we'll air that here in the middle of the show. And uh, I think you'll like the stuff that he had to say. Yeah, very uh, introspective and... Uh, good content. Yes, very good content. Inside so. look into the Spartan football program. Absolutely. But first... We're going to break down uh, that Tulsa game from last week. Plenty to talk about uh, and plenty to be upset about. First and foremost, score predictions. Almost nailed it. Clark almost nailed it. 28-7 was the final. I believe I said 31-6. 31-6. I said, I think, 38-6. We were both very close. Gary was Gary did predict the uh, amount of field goals that were going to be uh, kicked. <laughs> said we're going to start off slow. going to be some field goals when there should be touchdowns. I think we all saw that. Uh, it was a little frustrating, you know, obviously, but it is good to see uh, the special teams play so well. I mean, I took that away from the game. Obviously, yeah, defense and special teams were elite. Something better than last year, that's I for sure. The scoring, how did it go down? It was six points for the offense, eight points for the defense, 14 for special teams. Wow. Yeah, I think I said that there would, there would be plays where we should get touchdowns and we'd get field goals, and that's exactly what happened. I think it happened four times. <laughs> Too many times. Too many times where the defense or special teams made great plays and they were floundered by the offense. We'll get into the offense in a minute here, but having Jake Hartbarger back punting the football, great to see. Average about 48 yards a punt. Yeah, he had a couple big plays where he turned the field. I think we were 61 yard punt. Yeah, yeah. I think the, uh, the end zone. Yeah, I think. we were pinned down deep and he definitely flipped the field position amazingly for our team. So huge having him back, not having Rocky Lombardi punting the football is a very, very good feeling. Yeah, I mean, the defense, we, we can't say enough about as this advertised, defense. as advertised, if not better. Yeah, maybe better. And uh, I think they're definitely going to be a stronger defense than potentially last year, which I think I said on the show last week. So Kenny Willekes, National Defensive Player of the Week. No big deal. There's one. Kenny for Heisman. There's one for the trophy. Kenny cabinet. for Heisman. Hashtag Kenny for Heisman. Let's get it going. Um, but, you know, obviously everyone's going to talk about it. It's the offense. Yeah. I mean, just disappointing it's hold, it's i guess i guess they're disappointing yeah i mean i thought lewerke played pretty well i really do i mean he, he no he did some uh he made some plays with his legs like we wanted to see um really i mean his stats won't show it as far as you know completions and attempts 21 of 37 but how many drops were there had yeah, to have been six or seven drops. drops at least um a, there was a couple you know throws that he overthrew that you know probably weren't there a couple that were behind the receivers but kind of to be expected in the first game of the season uh, but I, I really don't think that Brian Lewerke had a bad game. I think there's a lot to build on for him. The problem really lies with the offensive line. Um, had guys out of position. You know, we'll talk about that in the interview with Darian. But uh, got to expect more from your offensive line against a team like Tulsa. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the one thing about going back to Lewerke real quick, um, 
you know, I think he did play a lot better. He definitely looked like he had a ton more zip on the ball, not a uh, a noodle arm like we saw <laughs> yeah. in some of the games at the end of last year. Um, but the thing that I, I think that he needs to do a better job of, he did a great job of getting out of the pocket and running, yeah. but he needs to, I think, stay in the pocket just a, a hair longer because there was a couple times where the offensive line did a great j- great job of blocking, had great protection, and he still like got outside the pocket, which just completely yeah. – canceled out what the offensive line just did and created a pocket. He needs to be able to step up and make a throw. And I think that's one area of his game he definitely can improve. Yeah, and one thing I do want to point out, you know, obviously I know people are up in arms with the play calling and whatnot. I don't really think play calling is the issue at this point. I really think it begins and ends with the push on the offensive line because I thought the play calling was fine. Also, want to point out one quick thing. Got a little J-sweep count going. There were three jet sweeps ran in week one. <laughs> we set the over under at 24. It appears, folks, that that over is going to be a lock, and I'm going to win that bet. So I feel pretty good about uh, that. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Three, picking the under <laughs> three in week one. It's only going to go. It's only going to keep going up. Ah, uh, yeah. It's not looking good for that. But, but I, I need the receivers to get a little bit more spacing too. I mean, shocking. It, I mean, I know Tulsa. I, I kept hearing. You know, Brady Quinn kept telling us on the Fox Sports broadcast, these guys had a top eight passing defense. Yeah, I guess they did. But, you know, I kind of expect more from our receiving core. You know, tight ends, disappointing again. You know, I hyped up Dotson. He dropped a few passes. Still some of the same issues from the tight ends. I I really need that to stop. You got to rely on those guys. They got to reel those balls in. Yeah. And, you know, breaking down, I've seen a couple things, uh, you know, breaking down some of the plays that, you know, could have been different, but I think the running backs definitely need to play better as well. Um, oh yeah, no question. About there that. was a couple uh, times they they just picked the wrong hole, and Connor it, Hayward did that quite yeah, a few times. Yeah, it could have been a big run, and it ended up being you know five yards only when it could have been seven yards per carry. Just not good enough. Just awful. Yeah. But actually, I will say, um, you know, I was watching the game again recently, um, and Ladarius Jefferson actually hit his stats look really bad because he had I think a couple negative uh, runs but he actually had some good runs at the end of the game um, that can't be overlooked as he caught well. a ball for a nice first down yeah, yeah a, as, made a nice move at midfield as well and we'll, we'll t- we talk about with Darian but you know Elijah Collins also um, looking like he could be an answer and, and bring some spice to that backfield that touchdown should have I mean it was I guess it was a hold we had arms on the outside yeah but. It looked, he looked good on that holding run touchdown. Yeah, that was. But what I'm saying is, you know, obviously from last year, people are still upset with how the offense was, and you know they Rightfully we feel so. like we wasted a, a year of our a great defense, and I think the fan base is is kind of nervous it's going to happen again, um, and that's why it's so upsetting. But with that said, looking at the game, I think that the mistakes they made are correctable. 100%. And, you know, obviously we got to get some offensive line continuity. That's going to be key. Um, but I think that the mistakes are correctable. And I think that this next game, you know, we we talk about with Darren as well, 2013, you know, defense can prop you up until the offense figures it out. And I'm hoping that's the case this year. But I, th- I think just looking at the film, looking at some of the plays – it looks like a lot of the mistakes are correctable. Yeah. I mean, and if you get the right guys playing where they need to be, we had guards playing tackle on the offensive line. Right, exactly. So if we get healthy, we get the guys where they need to be, you know. I mean, coming from a guy like Darian who played in the program, knows, you know, what to expect from Coach D. He'll talk about it in the interview. Uh, but he definitely expects the biggest leap to be made 
from week one to week two is basically what he was telling us. So, Well, yeah, because, I mean, especially for players that don't have a ton of playing experience, but most of them do. But, you know, when you're playing against in scrimmages against yeah. your own players versus, you know, getting on the field and playing in live action football, yep. that's when you find out, you know, the mistakes and, and you can look at them on film and hopefully make the corrections to get better. Absolutely. I mean, and obviously we don't need to go too in-depth on the defense. We, we talked about it a little bit, but negative 73 rushing yards. I mean – Unbelievable. Just fantastic, man. Um, I like the way Antoine Simmons played. I believe I talked about him in our he previous is podcast. He's going to be a stud. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Wilkes, you know what you're getting. Joe Batchy, you know what you're getting. Um, but, I mean, aside from two plays where Josh Butler just didn't get his head around and he's already come out on Twitter and said he's going to be better and that's not going to happen again, which I love to see. Um, I mean, they wouldn't have scored. I mean, they weren't moving the ball against us. And so that gives me a lot of hope for the season. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as long as our secondary lives up to the hype, I mean, Josiah Scott and, like you said, if Josh Butler plays better, I don't see a weakness <laughs> no. on this defense, and I think we're going to have a lot of success, and I think it's going to be like last year. We're going to be in a lot of games, and it's going to come down to the offense. Can they figure it out? D'Antonio came out in the presser this week, lit a fire under their ass, and hopefully... Expect big things this week. Yeah. I think we should expect to find the end zone more than once on offense this week let's should we get into western well actually let's get into the darian harris interview okay let's we're let's gonna jump to... into the darian harris interview and then uh once then it is a nice long interview you guys are really gonna like what uh he had to say um you know we'll hopefully have him back on the show a little bit later on this year um maybe in indy we'll see let's maybe we'll go. broadcast live from indy but let's get into it let's get into it We're extremely excited to have this guest on today, former captain, Big Ten champion, Rose Bowl champion, Cotton Bowl champion, college football playoff. Welcome to the RCR podcast, former linebacker and Spartan legend, Darian Harris. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, no problem. We appreciate you coming on the show. It's quite a resume. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Quite the resume. I don't think there's many uh, college football players that can end their career having those type of accolades, so it's got to be something that... You're, I'm sure, proud of. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we got a ton of Twitter questions, um, and we'll try to incorporate those uh, throughout the show as well as, you know, some of our questions as well. So, I mean, let's just start off at the beginning of your Spartan career. What exactly, you know, inspired you to, to pick Michigan State and attract you to play? Yeah, for sure, uh, especially, you know, being from the East Coast, uh, you know, born in D.C., raised in Maryland, uh, definitely wasn't uh, really akin to Big Ten culture. Michigan State uh, didn't have any type of tie to it. Uh, my aunt, you know, ironically got her master's at MSU, but you know, we, we wasn't, you know, didn't didn't talk about that all the time. It was just kind of something ironic that happened. So there really wasn't any other reason for me to to come here other than the fact that uh, uh, you know when Coach Gill at the time, Ted Gill, who's a D line coach, he came out and recruited me. Um, uh, he just said, you know, you come out here for a visit, uh, you know, I promise you're going to fall in love with this place. And that's exactly what I, what happened. You know, I came out on one visit um, and immediately I was like, this is this is the place for me. You know, the brotherhood, the family atmosphere, you don't get that anywhere else. I don't think you get it anywhere else in the country. Uh, it's not just, you know, for the football team, but across all sports and, and with students as well. I mean, I have so many friends, again, that played not just basketball, but women's basketball, soccer, field hockey, softball. 
uh, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all close. And then other students that I, I had in classes, whether it was undergrad or when I went back to grad school, um, these are connections for life. They're friends for life. And again, you know, when I when I talk to guys that went to other schools, they don't they didn't have that. Um, so that's really what drew me to, to come in here um, was the family atmosphere and the brotherhood. That's awesome to that hear. Great. It definitely seems like there is like a connection, like even between the basketball and football team that you don't see at other schools. It, like just from a fan perspective, it seems like everyone definitely is connected. Yeah. And, you know, you see it on Twitter, everyone promoting, you know, each other and trying to make each other better. So that's awesome to see. Um, in regards to recruiting, I know, you know, you're recruited by other schools. You, uh, we had a couple of questions. One of them was from our, uh, resident uh michigan listener who i think tried to troll you but he, he just asked what were your was your wildest or craziest uh recruiting story <laughs> no um you know my, my recruiting uh especially my official visit it wasn't too crazy um it was fun because will goldston was my host so oh, wow. i mean it does, what what better host than <laughs> nice. uh uh you know an all-american <clears throat> nfl uh player on a second contract now in the will goldston and we were able to form a, a friendship there um that we'll always have uh, you know i can always say hey you're you're kind of one of the main reasons i came to this school um, and, you know, if you think about him, you know, he, he was going into his uh, first uh, first year, I believe, first year, uh, first or second year. And obviously, I mean, he's probably one of the most, if not the most hype recruit to ever come to Michigan State. Um, for him to take that entire weekend just to hang out with me, um, take me all over campus and stuff like that, that was pretty special. But, uh, you know, one of, my fun favorite memory from, um, from my recruiting visits uh, was going to Theta Chi, the frat um and and uh going to parties there you know first experience on a college campus as a party and that kind of became a staple throughout our, our freshman year was going to theta chi to, to party so um you know it, it's fun you know you're a high school senior at the time and you're hanging out that's at awesome. a college party i mean it doesn't get better than that uh but that's going to be any recruiting visit you know those official visits are are special and they're fun but again i only took one you know you have five yeah. and uh, i could have taken all five i only took one uh because as soon as i came out here i was like this is it that's awesome. It's great. That may probably made it easier for you. You don't have to, you know, weigh the decision and just make a decision. Exactly. It's awesome. Made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're definitely happy you made <laughs> that decision. Um, another Twitter question we got was from uh, Cameron. His uh, Twitter handle is at Sparty Kids. He said, did you play multiple sports as a kid? If so, what and what age did you start focusing on just football? Oh, yeah, that's a phenomenal question. Uh, so I, I tried football. It's a funny story. I tried football first for the first time in second grade when I was seven. I uh, went out to one practice. It just kind of threw me out there, started doing up-downs, ran off the field crying. Said, I, I'm not doing this. You know, I said, Mom, we'll get the check. Take that back. We're not We're not doing this. So I got into soccer, um, the other football. I got into soccer heavily. And awesome. I, I was playing basketball. I was playing baseball at the time. But soccer was my main sport. Really? Um, I really thought I was going to be a soccer player. I still love soccer to this day. Um, don't Obviously, don't play it in, anymore, really. But I, I'll watch it uh, to the cows come home. I mean, shout out to, you know, U.S. women's team. I watched oh, yeah. all of their oh, matches. Um, I watch our World Cup matches. I love Premier League, so I, I, I loved the game of soccer. You got a favorite um, team? Uh, um, I, wherever Ronaldo goes, that's okay. where I'm going. Okay, <laughs> all right. So that's uh, so so right now with, with, with Juventus. So wherever he goes, <laughs> nice. that's where I'm at. Um, but no, I, I was playing soccer. I was loving it. I was doing travel league soccer, and then I picked football back up in sixth grade. So I was 11, um, which is kind of late, honestly, if you think yeah. about it. Uh, and I, I I started really focusing on football. First position was center. Um, I, I thought I was going to be a cornerback. That was my favorite position. It still is my favorite position in football. Uh, that's when my dad played. I thought I was going to be a corner. I ended up as the biggest kid on the team. 
they stuck me at center. Um, so I was playing center, and then uh, I was playing left tackle, and I was playing D end left on tackle, defense. Wow. Yeah, and um, it it it, it was uh, not where I thought I was going to be, but it taught me the game. It taught me physicality. My coach in sixth grade, uh, some of the things he was doing probably wouldn't fly today, but <laughs> at that time it, it didn't matter. We were yeah. fine with it. That, yeah. that was football, old and it, it was yeah. yeah, it was real old things school. Things have definitely changed. Yeah, it ingratiated me into the game, and then I hit a growth spurt in seventh grade. And that's when I kind of moved to running back, linebacker. And then by eighth grade, I just took off from there. Awesome. That's great, man. So you were playing linebacker. That's how you were recruited yeah, going into yep, Michigan State. Yep. So I was playing linebacker um, since uh, since about eighth grade. Linebacker, running back. Went to DeMatha Catholic High School. I actually got recruited to go there out of eighth grade. Um, went to play there. And then uh, did the same thing, linebacker, running back. Uh, junior year, I did strictly linebacker. That's what I got recruited as. My senior year, I played strictly running back. Um, which I actually thought was my better position, which is funny, but I was already recruited as a linebacker. Came to state, and then my first year actually was our scout team running back. Really? And I uh, thought that they were going to move me to that, but Coach Narduzzi had other plans. <laughs> wanted to keep me on defense, which ended up working out obviously pretty well. So How was um, that facing that uh, defense? Oh, it, it was. Uh, oh, it was uh, probably some of the most fun I've had. Yeah, um, and that's if, awesome. You know, it was because we, you know, we competed. Um, you know, and if you think about that scout team, it was Connor at quarterback. Damn. Uh, Jack Allen at center, Donovan Clark, um, myself at running back, Nick Hill, Trevin Pendleton was fullback. Wow. Um, you know, you look outside, uh, Andre Sims was at receiver. Um, so we, we had a, a lot of guys uh, that, that ended up playing. Some uh, NFL yeah, guys on the yeah, scout team. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, and if you look on the other that. side, you know, Shalik Calhoun was running scout team over there. Lawrence Thomas was running scout team on defense. We'd kind of bring him over to offense sometimes. So we, we competed. I mean, it, it was – um, it was competitive practices. We wanted to go out there and show them up. I yeah. mean, hey, we're, we're oh, true yeah. freshmen. We're like, hey, you know, this is our opportunity to show them what we got. So it was, you know, every time I got the ball, I was looking to score. Um, <laughs> and, and they were looking to stop me. Uh, that defense was special. It was fun to go against. Um, you know, I got hit uh, extremely hard several times. Uh, Will flipped me on my head one time, Golston, because I accidentally elbowed him. And, I, you know, I thought we were cool because, you know, he's my host. And then all of a sudden I'm over top of his head getting suplexed. <laughs> uh, but that's football, man. That made it fun. That's awesome. Would you have preferred to play offense over oh, defense? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a lot more glory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the yeah, ball. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It seems like, you know, at least Antonio, you know, he, he, they try to put you, you know, wherever you can at least see the yep. field. Uh, you know, like even you mentioned LT. I wasn't he on the offensive yeah, side yeah, of the ball? Yeah, as well? he went over to fullback right? and yeah. did well, tight end. He scored. Yeah, he central, did. I think. Yeah. yeah. So um that that's the great thing about Michigan State. They'll find a place for you. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into the guys later, but Kenny Willickis, I mean, he comes in as a linebacker. He got moved to offense, tight end. He was Derrick Henry for scout team when we played Alabama. <laughs> oh my lining gosh. up at running back, <laughs> and then he ends up obviously as an all American DN. So yeah, that, that's what Michigan State does. This coaching staff is big on development, and they'll find the right place for you and uh, make you into one heck of a football player. That's great, man. Yeah, they definitely seem to do pretty well in development based on, you know, some of the recruits that we've gotten, not highly rated. And, I mean, look at Kenny Willekes is a recent example. But, yeah, it seems like they they coach up the players pretty well. Um, so your time at MSU, let's just talk a little bit. I mean, obviously we talked about the accolades. Uh, individual performances, obviously most Spartans – uh, you know, realize this, that you were part of one of the most historic plays in MSU history, the fourth and one yeah. Rose Bowl play. And I know amazing. Kyle Ellsworth got a lot of the credit, but looking back, I mean, you made like, first contact <laughs> yeah, on that play, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy. I mean, he got all the notoriety. Um, 
I mean, how does it feel to be part of one of the greatest plays? Yeah. And is there any other play in your career that stands out to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's phenomenal. Um, and and you know, just that how that all played out was. Uh, obviously Spartan Lord now. I mean, you, you think about the fact that we practiced that play exactly like that. You know, if you watch the Big Ten Elite Special, Big Ten uh, Network did, which is a great special, oh, yeah. they have the footage of of that practice. When we practiced that play, we, we simulated <laughs> wow. jumping over the line. I mean, it was all it was all played out, you know. Now, if uh, Kevin Hogan, ironically, was a quarterback at Stanford, I played against him all through high school. Um, all four years of high school, so I've known him for a while. If, if he just pulls that, I mean, he's still running. You yeah. know, if they play action or something, he's still running. So it just it, it, it's film study. You know, they were 100% handing the ball to Hewitt uh, on that play and uh, in, in their entire, you know, Rolodex of film. So uh, it's just crazy how that played out. Uh, but for me, you know, I was a 20-year-old kid. It was my first time ever really playing a meaningful uh, game at the college level, playing um, a lot of defensive steps. I mean, I had played a, a considerable amount during that year, but to get really an entire game in of playing, I mean, you're just you're just out there, you know, at the end of the day. You're just out there uh, just kind of running around hoping you don't screw up. I mean, you're 20 years old. You know, you're not even in old enough Rose to Bowl. drink yet in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Rose Bowl and, game, and yeah. it's, I mean, yeah. so, so just thinking about that is just it, it's crazy to think about. But, um, no, we had some special. Special times. Um, I mean, my favorite game of all time is is a, the Big Ten championship against Iowa my senior year. Absolutely, um, epic, epic game. That's yeah, just just a special game, uh, just because it was our senior year. And that's the thing about Kyler is, uh, I mean, he deserves all the credit, notoriety. I mean, his story for the Rose Bowl is just, I mean, you can make a movie out of that. You know, you're a, a walk on, you got to fill in for one of the most prolific players in the history of, of Michigan State. Um, and you're a senior and you get to make that play. It's just, it's phenomenal. Um, so for me, you know, it's it's my senior year going against Iowa, a game that propels us to the playoffs. I mean, that puts us on top of the world, literally. Um, you know, you look at it, there's, there's only so many teams that have played, let alone gone to Indy, have played in the college football playoffs. Because Alabama and, and, and Clemson are there every year. Um, it seems like Georgia's there every other year and Oklahoma's there every other year. You can only throw in Ohio State, Oregon, and us. You know, yep. you think about it, that's it. So to be in that in that bracket now, and this is going on for four for five years now, coming up on six, uh, it's just it can't it doesn't get more special it's than elite. that. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely cemented uh Michigan State is a pretty uh, high level program, that's for sure. Um yeah, <laughs> you talk about Indy. Yeah, you were the only uh, team from Michigan to make yeah, it to Indy. Yeah, the only so. one, and we've been there three times, which is crazy. <laughs> People yeah. forget that though around yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's short memory always. But <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, Northwestern. Hats off to them. I yeah, mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, amazing. I, I love that program, and and uh, you know, if you if I were to pick a, a, a favorite coach, that's not named Coach Antonio. It's going to be Pat Fitzgerald, but. Northwestern's made to Indianapolis before Michigan. I yeah. mean, that's got to say something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hope uh, S. Kish is listening to the podcast right now. And uh, that's a fresh reminder. It's been a little while since you guys have won a conference title. I think yeah. it's about 15 years. It's, like you said, doesn't seem that way, though, But <laughs> from their fan base. But in reg- I don't want to focus too much on that team. But in regards to intensity, can you describe the atmosphere mm. when playing Michigan? Is Man. there any other team that you guys played that amounted to like that no, type of animosity. No, not at all. Yeah. Not no. At all. no it, it's different. And again, that's what I appreciated about Coach Antonio is he didn't shy away from making that known. He said this game is different. It's going to be different. That week of practice is different. It's the most intense week of practice of the season, and it's done on purpose. I mean, that's how it should be. You know, you come to these schools and you get the opportunity to play D one ball. You want to come for the rivalry. So why downplay it and make it seem like it's any other game? You know, Love it. Um, it just that that's how it should be. Um, I think that if if they treated it the 
other school if they treated it, you know, like it wasn't another game, maybe they would have seen some more success. But they, you know, if you if you listen to the both coaches, you know, no matter who it is, whether it was Hoke or whether it's yeah. it's Harbaugh's figuring out a little bit. Um, he he's starting to get it, but and that's probably one of the main reasons they brought him in. But you know, if you listen to Coach D in the press conferences leading up to that week, I mean, we we are we all know what he said um, after Mike Hart's comments. But even every year after that, he makes it known it's not like any other game. Whereas on the other side, they're saying, oh, it's you know. They're not all rivals. It's Ohio State, you know, things of that nature. And I think that's honestly what makes the difference is the mentality you take going into that game. So their players do actually have that mentality. I don't know if the players have that mentality, but it's got to start start at the top. So I think the players definitely see it and, and want it to, to be a little bit different. And they might even get a little bit frustrated when their coaches say it's it's like any other game or or uh, they're beneath us or something like that. And, again, I think Harbaugh is starting to change that, you know, just being honest. I think he realized that – hey, we're not beating our two quote-unquote rivals. We're not beating Ohio State at all. Yeah. And it was 8-2 and two at the time against Michigan State since Coach D got there. That's not acceptable, obviously, no. uh, <laughs> up the road. So it, something had to change there. Obviously, we don't want it to change. But, again, it's just mentality. If if our, our leader, if the leader of our program is letting us know it's not like any other game, you're going to be a lot more pressed to believe that than if a player is trying to say that, but the head guy is saying, no, 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 you know, don't, don't treat this like any other game. You know, they all count one, stuff like that. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, 2007 when D'Antonio oh. made those comments, I think that fired up I mean, the oh, entire absolutely. fan base, fired up all the players, and, yeah, that's obviously kind of propelled the rivalry since then, and it obviously has shown oh, yeah. the record. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, so – we had a question from one of our friends, the big dog in Seabus. He says, what's uh, the funniest Coach D story? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've, I've told this at a few events, and I've told it in front of him. So, um, you know, depending on his mood, sometimes he's happy with it, sometimes he's not. <laughs> uh, but I'll, 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 I'll tell the shortened version. Uh, basically, when we went to play Baylor, um, when we came back from 21 down, uh, before we left as a leadership council, I was on the leadership council as a junior, uh, he asked us what what uh, what uniform combination we wanted to wear, and uh, we wanted to go with as players. We wanted to go with white top, green bottoms for the first time. Now they've done that since uh, I've been playing. I think they did it and maybe start doing it in sixteen or seventeen. But before that was like a no no, wasn't going to happen. And we wanted to to debut it kind of in this Baylor game. So we met as a as a leadership council, Eagle Council as as we call it, with Coach D. We said that we thought he signed off on it. Uh, Tony Limit went Tony Lippet went to Dylan, our equipment manager and said coach he said white top green bottoms were good um don't think anything of it go home for christmas fly down to dallas get down to dallas go through the first couple of days of practice go out to take the team picture we come out in white top green bottoms coach d sees that calls us over to the eagle council and he loses his mind <laughs> Says, I don't know who signed off on this. I did not say this. Starts yelling, <laughs> screaming, cussing, oh, going off on us. Says, you know, he, because he didn't want us looking close to Baylor. Mm. That was his thing. The colors yeah. were going to be too guess close. That, I guess that makes sense. It's, it's coach superstition, all that stuff. So what he ended up doing is sending an intern home on a red-eye flight to get the pants, white pants, <laughs> flying back 
to Dallas, <laughs> bring the pants out, and as obviously as you see the game, we came out and played in white tops and, and white bottoms and won the football game. Uh, that intern is now a full time staff member of the equipment wow. uh, room. So uh, that's just that's Coach D for you. He's got superstitions, and uh, if he wants something one way, uh, it, it's going to happen. So that that's always going to be my favorite Coach D story uh, because it's literally over pants. I mean, yeah. not you know blowing a coverage or missing <laughs> right. a tackle. The most that I ever got yelled at, and I, he was yelling the unit of us, but the the, the loudest I've ever heard him yell and scream and get on us was over the color of pants that Crazy. we had on for a team picture. <laughs> Coach D, you heard it here. White pants guy. <laughs> white, white pants, pants guy. guy. He's Fish a white look. pants guy. <laughs> so, I, wait, I want to kind of go back, though. So, can, do you guys get to dictate, like, what sometimes, uniforms sometimes, you guys get to sometimes, wear? Sometimes. Sometimes. So, uh, you know, we he, he'll – and ask of our input occasionally some games like the Oregon game you know obviously we had the special jerseys for that so we knew it was coming for that yeah. so it, it kind of depends you know it depends on the game it depends on the day um, sometimes we get a chance to, to choose the, the, the uniform combinations but there's only so many I mean yeah. you're going to go you know green and green and white green top white bottom white top green bottom green on green yeah. white on white I mean there's only so many you can do and then the special games are just they're, they're, they're kind of uh, written in stone so yeah. I mean, speaking of uniforms, what are your thoughts on uh, the special <laughs> yeah, ones the this year? Yeah, the Lion Green. The, the funny thing is, I, I don't know when they're coming out. Um, yeah. Is the funny thing. Nobody knows. So should be fun to see when, when they decide to debut them. If you win in them, they're the greatest thing yep. ever. That's all that matters to me. <laughs> keep wearing them. Um, keep wearing them. You know, it's a little interesting. You know, if they had gone black with the lime, like the basketball jerseys, I think it would have uh, really gotten it done. But, but hey, I mean, I, I think they look better. On exactly not like on an athlete, yeah. not, not on a mannequin. mannequin. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, like I said, if you win in them, then everybody will buy them. So, <laughs> can we please bring back the pro combats for one game? Yeah, Man, no, why definitely. Were, yeah, why did we retire that? Yeah, I mean, it I was just, it was that. a one time. You know, it's a lot of these jerseys on one time things. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree. You know, I love those jerseys. Yeah, I think probably the all time favorite. Jersey yeah, one I've of seen. my all time yeah. favorites. That's for sure. All right, getting into uh, another Twitter question. This is from Dean H. and Wayne. He says, what is something the average NARP, and NARP <laughs> means non-athletic regular person, has no idea about being uh, about the life of a student athlete? Yeah, um, I mean, I think everything's kind of written out there. It's just living it. I mean, you're literally, it's, it's a 12, 14-hour day every day, um, and it doesn't stop. Um, now, if you balance your time well, you know, you're still going to have, you know, some time for social life and stuff like that. And, again, Coach D's big on that. He's got his his quadrant. He wants you to be, um, you know, he wants you to be, you know, really excelling academically, athletically, spiritually, and socially. So he's not going to, you know, uh, dictate that you can't have a social life. But at the end of the day, you usually don't have time, especially during the season. You know, you're up at 5 a.m. You know, you got film. You still got lifting. You got class, obviously, all day. You got practice. You got training table you got study hall you know it just that's what you sign up for and uh, it's a great experience and it's what you should want it to be but it's that's what you sign up for and it's year round um and then at the end of the day uh i, I think that above all else and again you know you sign up for it uh obviously but you gotta remember these 18 22 year old kids and they're getting scrutinized and ridiculed day in and day out um for what for their performance in the game and again, you know, I, I can't stress it enough. You sign up for it and you love it, the experience and you learn and you grow from it. But when you play at a big time program like Michigan State, you know, hence, you know, you look at the old offensive line. I mean, think about how much they're getting bashed right now. Good, bad or indifferent. Um, and we're talking about 
kids. Right. We're talking yeah, about that's kids. That's the craziest you know? part, man. Uh, and it's not going to change, and it shouldn't change. That, yeah. That's 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 what it is. Fans have a, absolutely have a right to to uh, ridicule play on the field, and it should stop there. Play on the field only. Uh, but it just it it it, it, may, it forces you to grow up fast. So if you listen to a lot of these guys in press conferences and stuff like that, it, it, you almost forget. Like you, I mean, go listen to Trevor Lawrence talk. I mean, the kids what maybe nineteen, maybe twenty. Yeah. Now, I mean, go listen to him talk. It's like, we're, we're, were you talking like that at 18, 19? <laughs> no, like, right. I, I'm probably not. <laughs> no, but no, you have a choice. Not. Definitely yeah, not. <laughs> but to grow up real quick um, and be able to handle, you know, what, what comes with being a, a college football player. It's the second most popular sport in America. You think about it. Um, you're playing in front of millions every week and in front of hundreds of thousands uh, in stance. So it, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I can never relate to that. No. Being as an eighteen year old playing in front of, you know, <laughs> at Spartan Stadium, yeah. seventy five thousand people, it's gotta be quite an experience. I mean, so do you agree with like the fans booing like yeah, in this past yeah. game? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I like I said, I, I think that fans have a right to, to ridicule play on the field. Um, I think that if they don't like what they're seeing and they, they have a right to express that. And I think that the players and, and coach D handled that extremely well with the answer to that day, you have a right to express yourself. Um, and I do it in a respectful way. Um, you know, if we're up 50 to zero, there's no reason to boo and stuff like that. And, and I think that, but I think they expected that because, and I, I even said that last week, I said, if we don't hang 40, you know, people are gonna have a problem with it, and and again, you know, whether that's justified or not, I'm not sure. But in the, the day, yeah, as a fan, you have a right to boo as long as you're gonna stick by the yeah. team if for the good times and the bad. Because I will say that, um, you know, it it's uh, it's because of the success we've had, fans do have a tendency to be a little spoiled. And then in the, the day, um, every season's not gonna be a Big Ten championship season. You want it to be. Every season is not going to be a college football playoff season, even though you want it to be. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. You just have to stick with it. And at the end of the day, we'll, we'll get back to Indy again. It'll happen. Oh, I no mean, question. that's just that's just the name of the game. Yeah, you during your time, you guys definitely spoiled us. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> Made us a little fat and sassy, as uh, D'Antonio would say. Um, don't want to bring up this sore subject, but I am very curious. You want to an- uh, ask yeah, this I'm one? Yeah, I'm definitely curious. You know, obviously – College football playoff, playing against Alabama, a completely different beast than probably playing against any other Big Ten opponent. Maybe Ohio State's comparable. Um, Obviously, it could be a sore subject because we did lose in that game. It was sore for all of us. It sucked. (laughs) How was it playing against Alabama? What Um, what makes them so different? No, it's um, it was it was it was definitely an experience. uh, And at the end of the day, um, what I always say is it wasn't our day, but we measured up. Um, we measured up at the end of the day. Yeah, the first um, half. The first half, right we were there. right should, there. Should have yeah. pretty much been yeah. tied at yeah, halftime. Yeah, it should have been. And then football can get out of hand sure. at times. Um, I mean, I'm sure, um, you know, it, it just – I'm sure plenty of teams that played us that maybe didn't have the result they wanted to say the same thing. So, at the end of the day, I'm not going to say that it was it was that, that much different. Okay. It's just that their, their discipline and their ability to adjust – um, and in the day was better than ours that day uh, from player side and coaching side. They adjusted better that day. We've done it plenty of times that year. We beat Ohio State team. I was supposed to go undefeated. You don't think they're probably saying the same thing on senior day. With I mean, the backup QBs, with the backup too. QBs. And I mean, you don't think that they're saying with the two highest paid 
players at their position right now yeah. in the history of the game Good and point. Michael Thomas and Ezekiel <laughs> yeah, Elliott. So if you continuously, you know, add that, it's like you don't think that they thought that they were going to beat us. At the end of the day, they're probably saying we got out-schemed and outplayed that 100%. day. That's just how I feel about that game. Was it a different feeling experience? Was it a, a different level of players I've ever played against? Absolutely. That's, yeah. how, that's how it should be. But in the day, I can still say that I measured up against them. I measured up against Derrick Henry and Cam Robinson on that line that's and awesome. um, Calvin Ridley and those guys. So that's just it again. And like I said, for that week, we were on top of the world. You know, that's Absolutely. how you feel. We're on top of the world for the week. It's something that's going to be in the history books that we made it to the college football playoffs. And now the next step, you know, for for this team, uh, for the next team under Mark D'Antonio's regime, when he's he's gone, um, is is to win is to win the whole thing. So now that the standard has been set, we know we can get there. Um, now the next step is to win the whole thing. That's awesome. We hope that definitely comes to fruition. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's would make sure. you happier. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, we're going to move on to some more questions here we got from Twitter. Um, just, I guess this is like after graduating. This is from our uh, one of our listeners in Australia, actually, oh, wow. Pino. He asks, what's the most challenging aspect of transitioning from football life in college slash pros to a normal life, in quotations, after the playing days are oh, finished? Oh, yeah. No, that's a phenomenal question and, and a question I wish was talked about more, honestly. It's uh, it's an incredibly tough transition for a lot of guys. Um, for myself, I just always said that I didn't want to just be a football player, and I think that even if people say that, um, it's hard not to be because that's what you recognize. That's what you've done for that's your whole life. That's your whole life, literally. I mean, for you know, for me since I was eleven. Yeah. So um, this was my first summer not being in a football camp in fifteen years. Wow. You know, if you think about it, <laughs> that's uh, not, crazy. You know, that's, not being yeah. in camp, um, and I still was able to kind of juxtapose that by coaching. So I kind of like wasn't in it, but then I got back in it because I was like, <laughs> no, I got I got to get back in it. I got to call somebody, and luckily I was able to land a coaching job. So I was in it, but not playing. But but it's 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 just it's it's different um so you know for me it was the fact that i was able to go back to school and get a master's was was big for me um and then you have to suck it up and, and get a job i mean in the day you got to get a job you got to get but you got to get one that's that's gonna fit what you want to do um we fill a lot of time with community service and things of that nature awesome um and just using the game now to give back that's what we're able to do now is, is use a game whether it's you know hosting a flag football tournament which we did this summer to raise money for veterans wow. or just showing up at, at golf outings and being special guests and stuff like that running campaigns for special needs kids i mean my college roommate just ran an entire football camp this summer for special needs kids i mean wow. who's doing that you know what i mean yeah exactly it allows you to stay around the game um but it also it helps you with transitioning out it is one of the toughest things i think the toughest thing for anybody to do is to be asked to you know to be a to really be told you're not good at you're not good enough because that's what happens when you get cut i mean you know that's that's how you exit the game usually yeah. you know that's how 99 percent of the people that's how i exited the game last year was getting cut you know i got injured uh tore my hamstring and they're like see wow. ya. you know we're not we're not bringing you back and it's like all of a sudden you're like how if i was doing this for my entire life i had all these accolades am i not good enough and then how am i going to watch people that i know are not better than me still playing i mean so it just you it's, played with exactly, your entire life exactly so it's just it's luck of the draw sometimes but the main thing is you have to find hobbies and interests outside of the game and you have to do it as early on as possible. So for me, it was broadcast. It was, um, you know, it was marketing. It was community service. It was all these things that I knew that I could get into after the game was done. And then I'm able to obviously pour back in with coaching now. Yeah, that's – I mean, I'm sure you're going to want to stay 
as much as uh, involved as possible. Yeah, I know it's crazy, you know, watching you just like hard knocks, you know, yeah. some of these, you, you see it on there, yep. you know, after their cuts. And, like, and a lot that's of these how players, it is. I mean, like, it's, it's literally, and people, you know, they just, that's what people don't see. I mean, when I got covered from Cincinnati, that's what it was. You call in, I went in, talked to Marvin Lewis, and then within two hours, I was in my car driving back to East Lansing. I mean, yeah. just like that. Yeah. And then my first time up in Ottawa, tore my hamstring a week in the camp. They're like, see ya. And wow. then they brought me back. I finished the year off. And then last year, same thing. You know, got it tore something again. And they're like, goodbye. And then you're just back. And, and it's like, um, you know, I mean, we all work now. It's like, how do you just, you don't just jump into a job. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And it's like, so, and it's like, what, what would happen if you were fired or laid off? Like, what exactly would you do? That's exactly what's happening to guys. You get fired and you just sit home. It's and it's like, all right, yeah. what do I do now? I literally, I don't, I don't know what to do. And yeah. so I, I'm hoping that more is poured into that. Um, you know, we're, we've been working on some things. I've been working on some things and some initiatives to try to pour a lot more in the transition um, out of the game into the workforce because it's something that's tough to do. It's something a lot of guys don't necessarily want to do, but at the end of the day, you just kind of got to suck it up. And again, you got to find something that gives you the flexibility to still live the life you want to live, uh, uh, but also, you know, making enough of an income that you can survive. Exactly. Yeah, I know that you're still doing a lot with football, so you know as much as you can keep it exactly. in your life, yep. I, I know that you know probably will help. Um, but let's get into uh, a little bit uh, about this year's team because um, I'm sure you know we have a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to get your perspective on some of the issues that are plaguing this team? Uh, I'm curious though, from a defensive player's perspective, you know when the defense, like you guys had a great defense. Mm-hmm but you obviously had a great offense to go along with it. But, you know, if you're a defensive player and you see the offense struggling and kind of, you know, taking away a little yeah. bit from the potential success of the team, how, how does that feel from a defensive player standpoint? Yeah, so I've always said, um, and I've been asked this question a lot, obviously, especially going into this year, is that just as a defense player, you just got to do your job. You got to go out there and you got to stop guys. Uh, if they don't score, they don't win. Um, I do think it's it's interesting now, especially with this year and how great this defense is, that I, I think that they're, they're now teetering on that scale of saying, you know, hey, we just got to do our job to, you know, kind of Joe Bocci's comments with, hey, you know, you got kicking in gear. You know, he was kind of playing off of Coach D's words. And, again, that's that's who we take our leadership from and, and our counsel and our direction from. Kind of how Coach D handles the situation is, is how we're going to go. Coach D comes out and says 50% of the team got it figured out, 50% of the team doesn't. <laughs> he said that in the press conference. He put that out in the public. Now as players, we know, okay, this is how Coach D's feeling. The offense needs to kick it in gear. They got that as a defensive player. We can kind of help that and aid that by kind of not enabling it and saying, hey, man, we need y'all's help over here on this side of the board. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. End of the day, everybody's brothers, everybody's family. And uh, if, if you know, if one of your friends or one of your family members isn't pulling their weight, you know, there's a respectful and great way to do that uh, to let them know. And I think that the leadership on this team is able to let them know. Um, I think human nature can get kick in and it can get a little frustrating. But during the game, I mean, I didn't even watch offense possessions. I mean, yeah. I was off the field, on the sideline, getting adjustments. So, you know, I got asked the other day, like, is it kind of demoralizing if the offense, like, gets a quick three and out or turns the ball over and have to run back out there? It's like, I don't even notice. I don't have – I have no semblance of time – you know, during the game, it could be a twenty-play drive or a two-play drive. I just know that when our numbers go, we gotta go back out there and produce. Yeah. Do your job. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. So you don't think like sitting out for a long time, or you know, having to go right back on the field that you, 
I mean, That's, we practice that, yeah. which is good. We practice a sudden change situations, and it happens. It's football. Yeah. Like, it just – they got guys on scholarship, too. They're going to make plays. Um, now, you know, obviously you don't want them to make a lot of plays, and if you're continuously running back up and on the field, the fatigue is going to set in. You're going to start feeling it. But there's going to be turnovers. There's going to be quick drives no matter who you're playing. There's going to be some – in this Western game, I mean, we could win 50-0, to zero and there's going to be, you know, uh, maybe a turnover. There's going to be some three and outs. That's just, that's just the name of the game of football. So Absolutely. I mean, it's tough to judge a team after one game. Exactly. Right? After the Tulsa game. I guess, where, where are you at with this year's team? What do you think the ceiling just could be Just got to wait and see. I think the ceiling is the Big Ten Championship in the playoffs. I mean, I don't think there's any reason not to believe that. Been and there it, before. It, it yeah. been there before, and it leads with defense. Michigan State's always led with defense. And again, you know, now that I, I'm, you know, removed from the program in terms of not playing there or being there, you, you can start looking around the country and, and scanning the country. Plenty of other teams didn't necessarily come out. I didn't see Trevor Lawrence come out and throw for 400 yards no. and be a world beater. There's, what, 163, uh, a pick. I mean, so it's just guys are figuring it out. Wisconsin started slow in their game. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the Michigan other games. Gave up 21 yeah, points. Michigan yeah. gave up a bunch of points against Middle Tennessee. I mean, it just – so it, it just a lot of teams are, are feeling it out. I mean, Ohio State gave up some points against Florida Atlantic. They didn't play a perfect – game uh you know justin fields comes out in the first half looks like a world beater second half it took a dip that's just the name of the game of football that's going to be everywhere especially with that first week um and i so i you know that the biggest uh improvement and should be from week one to week two in any season that's across all teams is you should see the biggest improvement from week one to week two um even my senior year we opened up against western didn't play well at all came out the next week beat oregon i mean it just it, it, huge. it's yeah, huge true, yeah. differences between week one and week two so you think coach d will ramp it up and practice this oh yeah, this I, think, week? I, yeah. Think so. I think i <laughs> yeah. think so um especially, especially that o-line yeah. especially that o-line and yeah. and listen in-state games are always challenging doesn't matter who you're playing okay. you, you you're playing western you're playing central you're playing eastern it's an in-state game you know i I think that they always say this, and uh, to a degree it's true. There's kids on Western that think they should be in Michigan State, so they're going to come out and prove that they should have gotten that offer. doesn't make them any worse, any better. As football players, it just means they, they, they're going to feel like they was overlooked, and usually that's how their coaches are going to motivate them. If you're playing a, a Western, a Central, or an Eastern, if you're playing a Mac school, it's going up against a Big Ten school, that's kind of a way to motivate your players. Hey, look at those guys over there. You think they're better than you? you know? And we got and we took a transfer. You know, and Jalen Reed from them also yeah, from Western. Yeah, yeah. So that too, you're going to say, hey, you know, this kid that's over there, he thinks he's better than you all because he went to Michigan State. Let's show him why he should have stayed. There's always different ways to motivate a team. Yeah, I know. Like when we we have a lot of players from Ohio, obviously, yep. from D'Antonio recruiting there. And yeah, I know that, you know, obviously we've had some success against yep. Ohio State. And I think that was probably driving it. Is, oh, yeah. Is the yeah. players that were overlooked Definitely. and get offers from Absolutely. Ohio State. I mean, State. I was like that too. I didn't have a Maryland offer. So when we played, when Maryland got in the Big Ten, I was like, oh, great let's go like <laughs> you all didn't want to offer me you know then you know so it definitely plays plays a part yeah absolutely yeah that would have been a big get for them <laughs> looking back at it now um so i got another question here from rose in houston he says was friday night the most impressive defensive performance you've ever witnessed in any sport any era <laughs> any galaxy uh, and then he asked specifically specifically for you, best memory in Spartan Stadium. Yeah, so I'll start uh, with the first one. It was up there. Um, you know, I don't know if I could put it past the minus 48. Yeah. Game. I don't think I can Michigan. put it above oh, that. Yeah. That one was just, uh, it just, it was uh, different stipulations, overpowering. <laughs> um, but that's not taking away from this one. This one might be a close second, 1A, 1B. I mean, there's, there's some other performances, you know, you want me to span across sports. I mean, I don't know, Pistons. 
Uh, 04, <laughs> you know, beating my Lakers, you know, that that's a, that's a, that's a great defensive performance. Obviously, I mean, I'm sure the Big Seahawks bang. had some had some uh, great performances. Those 85 Bears had to have some, but it, it, it's up there. I mean, and, and now if you if you look at the sheet now across the country, I mean, minus 73 rush yards is ridiculous. Just, it's ridiculous. I mean, it just it, it's unheard of, um, <laughs> literally unheard of. Yeah. Uh, it just it this this defense is is special. It's dominating. Um, it, they they play with an edge and an attitude that I haven't seen um, really maybe since that 13 defense. Uh, and it's 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 something that it can carry a team. It can really carry a team, um, and it's special. And then uh, my favorite memory in Spartan Stadium, um, you're probably that minus forty eight, probably that minus <laughs> yeah. forty eight. But uh, I, I think one's yet to come. You know, handle business in two weeks. Uh, I'll be in the house to to watch Coach D break that record. I think that's going to be really special yeah, for really. us to be there. Should be a lot of former players back, um, trying to get a big contingency to go back for that. Um, was was going anyway, and then you know with the stipulations, you know, I don't want to jump the gun, but I think they're going to be fired up for that one because they'll they'll know what's on the line there, and, and to watch him get that um, will be will be special. Yeah, I mean it's got to be special for every player that's played yeah. for him because you know obviously everyone's a part well deserved of, of yeah getting him to that milestone, which is obviously insane. You know, most wins ever. How for... long has he been here now? Thirteen years, fourteen years. Yeah, so it started in what oh seven, so coming up on thirteen. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is, time. it is, it's special. <laughs> Thinking about what, what the Literally program was from like. the ground. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. And like you said, you know, the defense can definitely prop up the team until the offense yeah, figures definitely. it out, hopefully. And, you know, that's kind of, I think, was that 2013? Yeah, it was the same thing. Yeah. Defense outscored the offense in the first three games of the year. Was figuring out who was our quarterback. Didn't know who was our running back. Uh, you know, receivers were dropping passes. Then all of a sudden, it clicked. So I, I can you could draw a little similarities there. Um, if it gives people a little bit more hope, um, but it, it'll click. Gives me hope. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll click. You know, it just it's it's going to take some time for guys to gel, especially up front. I mean, offensive line is the most critical part of of football. Is having a, a five cohesive guys up there as a unit, and once they start gelling, then this team will be off and rolling. Yep. We're hoping for that. That's for sure. Another question from Twitter. This is from Andy and Troy. He says, out of all the players on this year's defense, whose skill set translates best to the pros? And also, which relatively unknown Spartan are you most excited to watch this year? Yeah, um, I, I think right now, I think Raekwon Williams' oh, yeah. skill set translates the most. Absolute I think, beast. I, yeah, I yeah. think he'll be the first player drafted off of this team, off of this defense. Um, I mean, he's just a force in the middle. Uh, and to be that athletic, you know, to go to the next level and play D tackle, to play that three tech, I think he's going to transition uh, incredibly well, uh, incredibly well. And then, um, you know, underrated player um, or, or not mentioned. I mean, I, I think that uh, Xavier Henderson. I'm looking for a big year from him. Uh, really like his skill set. And then at running back, I mean, I like what I saw from Elijah Collins. Uh, just in a limited amount of touches he got, I think he can get some more touches. Um, especially this week. And if we can find a, a core, like three guys to, to carry the ball, um, you know, use Connor Hayward as a, as a, as a space guy, as a guy, you move him around a lot and then just have that guy, you know, maybe it's Elijah that you can hand the ball 15, 17 times a game. Uh, I think that's going to pay off huge dividends for the offense. Yeah. He definitely looked like he had some explosiveness yeah. that, you know, Hayward and Ladarius didn't really show necessarily in that game so yeah i think that they definitely should definitely feed For him sure. more <laughs> this next game so it'll be interesting to see go with the hot hand yep. yeah i mean yeah. he should have scored a touchdown yep. got called exactly. back so um 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on uh, Xavier Henderson as well. I think he is definitely going to be a special player for us here as we move forward. Um, another question from Twitter. This is from our friend Burge in Chicago. He says, question for Mr. Harris. Was the performance of the O-line Friday a surprise to the coaches? Uh, majority of the O-line has been getting meaningful, meaningful snaps since 2016. Experience usually leads to improved play. What are the, some of the reasons that fans haven't seen much progression year to year? Yeah, I think it might have been a little bit of a surprise, uh, especially because they put on uh, some some good muscle mass also in the offseason. I was looking at that, uh, getting everybody over 300 pounds, which I think was really important. They were able to do that. I still think we got a couple guys out of position at the end of the day. You know, I think that yeah, due to injury. Yeah, due to injury. You know, missing Cole Chewins is major uh, because he comes back. He shores up that left side. You're able to move, you know, Luke back out to the right side and, and put Kevin Jarvis and Tyler Higby in, in the middle uh, at the guard spot and let Matt Allen run in the center. But, I, again, I like Blake Buter as well in there. Um, you know, got some newcomers in there. I think it's just finding the right fit. Um, offensive linemen are incredibly, I think, tough to recruit also just because you don't know necessarily how they're going to pan out. I mean, you got highly rated guys that, that don't necessarily pan out across the entire country. Then you got Jack Conklins that are walk-ons, and they turn into literally he's the best player I ever played with. So <laughs> old linemen are, are difficult to, to find and to choose and to figure out. Um, having a, a great offensive line is is I mean it's 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 everything you know. There's a reason that Oklahoma had so much success last year. All all four of the guys that were draft eligible got drafted in the top like four rounds, and the center's their best player who's still there, and he'll be a first round pick. So and then they were just able to plug and play again this year with guys that waited behind and, and got better and that were ready to go. So again, I think it's finding guys to put in the right position to to succeed. Um, hopefully Cole Chewins is close to getting healthy. I think he's going to help a lot. And once he's out there, um, once to, you know, get Matt Allen in the center, really sure of himself, then, uh, I really, I think some, some things can, can really pay off, but again, everything's got to click, you know, like you said, um, receivers on the outside blocking, getting a guy in the backfield that can take the rock and take it a distance, which you might have with Elijah Collins. I think everything's just got to work together. Yeah. Yeah. And playing out of position, yep. you know, that we had guards playing tackle. Exactly. Believe, so. yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear about what D'Antonio said in the presser about wide receivers not yep. running their routes yep. all the way. You know, it's kind of worrisome when players aren't putting the effort out there. Um, and going back to the O-line, I mean, we do have some stud freshmen coming yeah. in, specifically Dobbs. You know, how hard is it, do you think, you know, for an offensive lineman coming in freshman year to, to get oh, playing time? Oh, it's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard. I mean, you know, we know Dobbs is a five-star. It will probably be a staple on that O-line maybe as early as next year. Um, Spencer Brown is a guy that, you know, came from Wall Lake Western where I'm coaching at now. I was able to talk to him uh, last week, a couple weeks ago. He came to our scrimmage. And uh, it's funny, you know, fans clamor for it. But when you talk to the player, they're like, you know, you get the vibe of, yeah, I'm not ready yet. You yeah. know, you know, I'm hoping for the four games and the red shirt. <laughs> but uh, you can tell, you can just talk. He wasn't frustrated with not playing. He was like, you know, I'm hoping to get the four games and we'll see. I not, you know, talk to him like it's different, huh? You know, when you got yeah. Kenny Willickis on the outside, you got him oh like instead of a 200-pound defensive end in high school. I mean, it's a lot different. And, again, O-line is tough to transition to. So I know that it's it's frustrating for fans because they're like, why aren't we seeing these heavily recruited guys? They're not ready. They're not ready. And, and if you want to throw them out there and, and have it be even worse – 
then you can go ahead and ask for that. But I, I'm telling you, these guys are not ready. If they were ready, they'd be playing. Is it like a mental and physical thing? Oh, yeah, they're not mental, ready? physical. Yeah. You can come in at, at 330 pounds. It doesn't mean that you have the strength yeah. in the weight room uh, that you need to have to be able to go out there and move. De- I mean, uh, Tulsa has an de- uh, NFL defensive end. And, and Gibson, you think that he was going to be able to freshman? True freshman was going to be able to stop stop no. this guy. It, it wasn't going to happen. It would have been ten times worse than what was out there. You just you're just not ready um, as a freshman to go out there and play. Yeah, recruiting stars don't just translate. To no, they don't. They don't. Time. Like I said yeah. again, it just Coach D plays free freshman a lot more frequently than before. If if Dobbs and those guys are ready to play, they they'd be they'd be in the two deep. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is also mental as yep. well, like learning oh, yeah, no everything. Place. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. It was I just watched an interview with Nick Saban yesterday, yeah. and he was talking about it. About uh, he compared it to an etch a sketch. Yep. And he said, you know, we'll teach these players something, but if we come to practice next time and you shake the etch a sketch, yep, exactly. <laughs> you're not going to be able to move the team exactly. forward. <laughs> so yeah, I, I totally agree. Being a freshman coming in, I'm sure with you know adjusting to college yep. and all of that, oh, yeah. it's got to be difficult for the, for these freshmen. Um. Okay, we're going to get into some fun questions here, just uh, some some bonus questions. So, uh, first of all, what's your favorite, or I guess maybe what was your favorite spot in East Lansing when you were going to school? Where was you like your go? I know you talked about going to the frat. Is there any, like, uh, bar or place that you yeah, used to Yeah, I mean, Rick's with? was a staple, for sure. <laughs> Classic um, Rick's. Rick's was a staple. It, it kind of, you know, uh, it, it when I was there, it was, it was the spot. It was the staple, and it still is. Um, it's all all the bars are gonna be packed, but Rick's Rick's was a staple. Harm is my guy, manager at Rick's. I mean, it just that that was the spot. You know, that's where we were at. Um, it was usually a pregame party at Riverwalk uh, over those apartments, and then head to Rick's. So, um, that that sticky floor will always <laughs> always be a great memory. Shoes. Oh yeah, <laughs> well known for the stickiness. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I ran into a lot of football players. I'm pretty sure I remember Danico Salen yep. guaranteeing some victories to me at Rex. Oh, probably, <laughs> probably. So yeah, I, I definitely I know there's definitely a lot of uh, basketball and football players that love Rex, as I did as well. So, um, so this is kind of a funny question. This is coming from uh, the big dog in in Columbus, and he says he's talking about basketball team. Cash is pen- potentially the greatest hezzy. I don't know if you yeah. know Hezzy oh, yeah. move of any Spartan ever. Which of your former teammates could hold their own on the b-ball court? <laughs> uh, Curtis Drummond was a very good basketball player. Um, Le'Veon Bell is a good basketball player as well. He's put out some clips online um, of him playing. He's a really good player. Um, Deion Sims was on the basketball team oh, yeah. at State for a little bit. So um, th- those three guys probably the most. Um, and then Kari Willis was a heck of a basketball player too. Uh, but if, but I'm if I'm choosing the first pick and my roommate, you know, Tawan Tawan was good too, my roommate. So I don't want him to get mad. Um, <laughs> he had some forty point games in high school. So if I was to pick a starting five um, with myself at point guard, of course, that would probably be my the other four. Uh, that'd probably be my other four. Sounds like a pretty good start five there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this is uh, another. This is kind of a troll question, but I'm gonna still ask it. This is from our Michigan a friend, resident troll, a resident yeah. troll, and yeah. he says, "Is there any competition?" He's basically asking if there's any competition you would consider yourself weak in that we could beat you in, or you have a chance <laughs> to beat you in. Uh, I don't know. Do, you, do either you all golf? Yeah, we go. Okay, that's the one. Terrible. Okay, well that's well that, <laughs> I well that be from it. Golf long ago. All right, well that well that would be it. I love to golf. I got my clubs in the car. I'm always ready to go. I haven't figured the game out yet. <laughs> it is I, one of the most I, difficult I games to figure out. Looking to take lessons probably next summer. 
as a hope, and I just got to play more. That's yeah, it. I mean, I played maybe four I times or something. I just, I, I have the patience because uh, it just, I mean, that, that's actually a great question because it's a, recon- a recognition of the competitive nature of athletes. Yeah. I have a want to be great at everything that I do. <laughs> so if I've, I've stepped out on a golf course and I can't do it, I'm like, no, I got to figure this out. There's no way that this game is going to defeat me. Yeah. So I got I got to figure it out. It's a frustrating game. It's very no frustrating about game. It. Yeah. But, but that was my first step. Like I bought clubs or something. I just sucked it up and said, all right, now that I have, now that I've spent money on them, it's going to force me to go, yeah. you know, because I don't want them to collect dust. You know, and the clubs aren't inexpensive. So now that I got them, the next step is to really go consistently. Yeah, it's got you got to play. That's exactly. really what play. it's about, yep. man. I, I mean, I, if I only go out like once in a year, it's not a pretty yeah. sight, <laughs> usually. All right, a couple more questions that we'll wrap it up here. So this actually is for me. So I follow you on Twitter. I see you're uh, a big comic superhero oh, yeah. fan. Oh yeah, a lot of good things coming out. Yeah, uh, in the near future. What are you most excited about um, that's about to come out? Shoot, that's about to come out. Um, or I mean, in the next year, I yeah, guess. Yeah, in the we'll next say. year. Yeah, I got to think about what's coming. Oh, Disney Plus for sure. Oh, actually, yeah. that's an easy one. Disney Plus it drops in November. Yeah. So, uh, that's definitely what in the immediate future what I'm most excited about. They're gonna they're they're getting that subscription at 11:59 p.m. As soon as it goes live, I'm clicking the <laughs> button. Um, I can't wait to watch all that. I mean, we got so many series coming. Um, the some Star Wars series. series are coming. Obviously, um, some movies on there. You know, we got Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet Witch Vision. I mean, you know. Loki, what if? I mean, there's, it, it just it's they're they're taking over the world. Um, <laughs> it's kind of scary. A it little is kind of scary a little bit. They're taking over the world, but they're gonna get all my money, and I'm gonna watch every single piece of material they got. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely pumped for that as well. Um, all right, this one is coming from our marketing director. Oh, sh- sh- who you met? Yeah, Shayna P, soon to be Shayna K. Uh, she asked, are you a cat or a dog person? <laughs> Couldn't uh, resist. That's, Couldn't resist. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a no. uh, staple question uh, on our show. Mostly dog, but right now in, in my household, uh, there's two cats, which was not my decision, but I love them to death. <laughs> uh, one is ours. One was my girlfriend's, her cat, and then we're fostering a kitten right now. Oh, awesome, uh, man. Is, is she a cat person? Does she want a kitten? Because we have one ready to roll. <laughs> we have two cats. You so... want another one? If you want another one. I don't one, know, man. <laughs> there's I don't a big know. cat yeah. guy. He might, he might uh, be willing I, to take I, it Listen, yeah. we, I can show you pictures after this. You might not be able to resist. Um, you know, we're foster, we've fostered her for about three weeks now. Um, got some good weight on her. That was our main job to get just good weight on her. And now she's um, she's realized she's a kitten and she's healthy now. And we've had to barricade some pots in our apartment <laughs> and stuff. But it's uh, it's fun. So um, I'm 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 both honestly. I, I love animals. Um, and I'm not I'm not gonna turn away any animals. So. That's great, man. But That's more a dog guy. You heard him first. Yeah, more <laughs> dog guy. Yeah, we're out of space for it right <laughs> yeah, now. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, because of that, I'm not selfish in the fact that I want to have some space, a yard for the dog to run Absolutely. around in. Um, so once we get out of the city, living uh, fun time at, at this <laughs> age and get and get the suburb house, then uh, then here comes the dog. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, man. I just dogs are yeah. a lot more work. I would say. They are a lot, yeah, listen, they're <laughs> definitely. Definitely a lot more work. Cats take care of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Very self-efficient. Yeah. Um, all right, last question. Predictions for this week's yes. game. Before we wrap it up. Yeah. What are you expecting from the team? Um, what are you expecting I'm, from the offense? Oh, I'm expecting Score a prediction. surge. I'm, a, I'm just expecting the energy from the team to come out and play with a lot of energy. Um, it'll be another night game, which will be fun. Crazy. Uh, so so I'm games. thinking, uh, you know, I, I, probably, I put the over under at, at probably 35, and I'll take the over. 
Um, you know, so probably what forty-two to seven, maybe. I like that. Um, and I and I, I honestly don't see them really scoring, but you know, you gotta gotta put something on there for the line, I guess. <laughs> um, so I think probably forty-two to seven. I, I I think they're gonna come out like world beaters because I think that that's what this week of practice is gonna be. You would have thought they lost the game last week with how this week of practice is gonna be. And they're gonna come out with something to prove. Some yeah. offensive touchdowns, especially the offense. Yes. I think a lot of guys are gonna be hungry to get in the end zone. Yes. I hope so. Let's get Cody. <laughs> yeah. Let's get Cody White in the yeah, end Yeah, I mean, you yeah. Know, if you think about it, these are these guys' livelihood also on the line. You know, these receivers yeah. they want to go play on the, on Sundays. You know, you're putting your tape together. You don't think these you guys want to the, score the ball? Make a name for yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming Absolutely. on. Absolutely, very much. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. Uh, you're great to talk to, obviously, and you definitely seem like you have maybe a future in uh, <laughs> broadcasting. That's for sure. I know you've already done a ton of it, uh, some with the with the Big Ten yeah. Network as well. So, again, appreciate you coming on, and uh, hope you hope you the best in of the future course. here, man. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Right. Thank Thanks, you. Darian. Yeah, what a great interview with Darian, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal, phenomenal person. You guys couldn't tell he's definitely uh, pretty good with the, in front of the microphone. <laughs> he's got some experience there. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, when you're on the Big Ten Network at least once, it probably bodes well for One you. takeaway, obviously, you know, Coach D, white pant guy. You know, <laughs> talked about it in the interview, big white pant guy. You know, so if you ever see us wearing the green pants moving forward, I don't think Coach D was too happy about it. <laughs> Definitely would have preferred the white pants. Just know that. So let's uh, preview this week's game. And we already got Darian's pick for this week. I think he said 42 to 7. So um, pretty good pick from him. Um, Western, I mean, they beat uh, pretty – I don't remember who they Monmouth. played. Yeah, Monmouth. I think that not Monmouth a – Monmouth scored 13 points against Western. Yeah, not Division I expect 1A. 40-plus, just like Darian. Western likes to throw the football. Their QB threw five touchdowns against Mighty Monmouth last week. Um, I, I fully expect them to try and throw the ball, but can their offensive line match up with our defensive line? I mean, I'd blitz the hell out of these guys. I mean, I know they like to spread it out, um, you know, speed up the tempo of the game, but they like to throw uh, the ball to the tight end as well. Yeah, and I think Tulsa was a pretty good matchup for us because they want to run the ball. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about that. They're oh, running backs. Yards. I thought they said they're going to get a couple. They're going to get a hundred each. Well, yeah, or maybe they meant negative a hundred each. I don't. I don't. They were know. closer to that than they were to a hundred <laughs> each. So, we thank you for running your mouth prior to the game. Any other teams that like to step right up and do the same thing, feel free. Fresh batch of disrespect. We're fine with that. Talk some shit. We'll love it. But uh, yeah, I mean, this should be a, a win. I guess it's just a, a matter of. How much we win by? I, I hope. mean, yeah. I mean, you do have to watch out. They, they do throw the ball well. We need right, this we is need a to have some discipline in the secondary this week. Um, I mean, guys to look out for on Western. Obviously, they have a running back, Levante Bellamy. He's been there for a while. He's a good player. I don't expect they're going to have success running the football against us. Nor should I expect anyone to. But uh, I mean, guy to look out for. They do like to throw the ball to their tight end, Giovanni. Uh, I believe it is uh, Richie. He uh, he had ninety-seven yards receiving last week, two touchdowns. Um, they're going to spread it out. And just like Darian said in the interview, you know, we took one of their players. Yeah. On transfer. That's right. They might be a little bit more fired up this week, but, uh, night game Spartan stadium. I, I, I have no expectation, but massive victory. So again, I will be at this game. Gary will be there. Just look for me. I'll be with two Japanese guys. Um, so I'm, I'll be pretty easy to, to see stickers. Stickers will be there. Okay. Plenty of stickers. If you see me. Run up to me. 
run up, give him a high five. Yeah. But I'll be passing him out. I'll congratulate him on um, uh, adopting a new kitten, I believe. <laughs> From Darian. Yeah. I think Gary's adding a third to the family. <laughs> so we'll see. But no, what I was going to say about uh, Western's offense, which should be interesting to see, it will be a test for the defense because I'm sure they're, I think they're, the coach already said they're going to try to do throwing short passes, which is something that we could have struggled with in the past. If there's anything that our we defense, defended it well against Tulsa, we did. But if there's anything that this defense may struggle with, it's, it's the pass. And, uh, but I mean, they did a great job last game, I would say. So I'm not too concerned about it, but it will de- be a different type of test for the defense. Gotta this come game. out and set the tone early, smack them in the mouth, score some touchdowns put this one to bed early yeah Predict predictions yeah sure let's get into it i mean this Darian said 42 to 7 yep um i like that i do think western will score at least one touchdown maybe maybe a couple field goals i'm going with 38 6 that was literally the pick I was. <laughs> You're pick. not going to make that pick now because well, I just coined I, it. I can't. You claimed Put it. Put it in stone. Thirty-eight. That was six. my pick last week, and I'm it, reversing it, it now. Yeah. I'm taking thirty-eight-six, and I expect four of those touchdowns to be from our offense. Four. I mean, I feel like we should two have two in the air for Brian Lewerke. Let's go. Okay. Um. I still think that there'll be some struggles. I don't think we're going to get all of the kinks out. I think we'll score offensive touchdowns, um, but I think it's I, – I'm going to – I wanted to say 38-6, so it pisses me off. But Can't do I, it. I'm going to say 35-6. to six. Wow. <laughs> what a leap. But I truly I, – I don't believe that actually that Western will score, score a touchdown. Neither do I. That's why I took I, two, two field, field goals. goals. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm there right with you, and I mean, you look at Tulsa. The only reason they scored, they got lucky. Yeah, uh, two you plays. Know, it was literally two roughing, plays. Well, roughing the passer. We got to be better than that. We got to improve on the penalties. We had like fourteen or fifteen penalties last week. We yeah. can't have that again. Got it. Got to do better. It's got to be better. Discipline. Discipline is key, and uh, especially on the offensive line. Got got to not hold. I mean, we would have had a second offensive touchdown otherwise. Yeah. So you know, the penalties really drove both. Uh, you know offense and defense so just got to improve but like you said special teams is definitely going to be a factor for us and even with that and our defense we have a better chance of winning games than we did last year 100 percent. so um i expect great things and if the offense clicks hopefully starting this game sky's the a limit. little bit of hope guys please yeah and then we were I mean, right already in. hopeful just boost it and then we roll right into uh that arizona state game so revenge tour yep can't wait can't wait for first game on the revenge tour <laughs> first game to check off the revenge tour we won't make shirts we promise next week's guest chase winovich <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um oh i just want to bring up another point that was uh clarified via twitter which is the bet that's ongoing for gary the, will be involved I, I i what's which is weird because i wasn't the one naysaying the team I wasn't the I've one saying. Never naysayed the well, team. Well, you said that we weren't gonna. You were off. I the said b- that we weren't gonna win the Big Ten. Yeah, that's not naysaying. That's being realistic. Potentially. Have we been in that level? You know, since you know the days of D. Harris and the boys. <laughs> I don't think so. No, it's been a minute. We've, it's been a minute, but like he said, can we get back there? Yeah, we can get back there. Everybody's just gotta gel together. Yeah, but Gary will be wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> D'Antonio is my daddy. Exactly. Well, he's basically going to be after uh, if he wins the next game and the next game, he'll be uh, alone 
At the top. At the top, most winningest head coach in Michigan State football history, which is big news. Quite the achievement. So we're looking forward to that. Before we end, let's get our final four predictions. Yeah, in we real didn't quick. get it last week, so we're gonna backtrack a little bit and I'm going to stick with the basics. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. And I know I told you. I know I, I know I told you I was gonna say this other team but i'm going with georgia wow yep two sec teams there Two secs ohio state they're out so michigan not a chance yeah not a chance in hell i hope and yeah i mean obviously you can't have a final four without clemson and alabama that's Mm-mm. just the new norm they're there every days. year they're probably <laughs> gonna play for the national title <laughs> it's just dumb really but i do think a big time team will get there um, I'm actually. <laughs> oh, Michigan State. <laughs> no, you know I'm really. I've gone back and forth actually between Ohio State and Wisconsin. Mm. I think Wisconsin has a chance. Their O line with Taylor. I think they have a great opportunity to be successful. But I'm going to still stick with Ohio State because okay. in my season predictions, actually I'm going to stick. I'm going to go to Wisconsin. Wow, this guy's f- just flip flopping, so wishy washy. Well, you just flipped yours. I've never flipped mine. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go Wisconsin because I had I, I think I had us losing to them in sure. my in no, my season I prediction. Them, I gotta have some them, cohesiveness. Get us winning the Big Ten. And uh, everybody, go back and listen to it. I'm gonna go uh, LSU. Garbage pick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> go Joe. Tell them about it, JoJo. <laughs> go Tiger. Yeah, I mean, I think too. It's ridiculous because especially after this last week where the SEC had struggled. Mm. There are some teams, obviously. Lots of struggling going on Tennessee. in the SEC. <laughs> Tennessee, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Hate to you see love it. to see it. Love to see love it. Love to see it. I think they're, uh, I can't remember, Mississippi State or Ole Miss, someone UT else. should probably just shut the program down. Had a bad down. loss, so. Yeah. Not looking good uh, at the SEC. And really, Auburn saved the whole entire conference by coming back and beating Oregon, so. Why do you Auburn? We'll see what happens. I mean, we probably there'll probably be a team that sneaks up that we don't expect. And, yeah, probably. But probably Notre Dame. So as I said, look for me at the Western game. I'll be there passing stickers out. Um, and we'll be back next week for a full preview of that Arizona State game. And can't wait. Uh, recapping this Western Michigan game. So as we always say, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Patreon.com slash Red Cedar Rundown. Can't miss it. Uh, our podcast website is now redcedarrundown.buzzsprout.com. So if you want a direct link to check out the latest episode, that's all you got to type in. So tell your friends. Promote the show. We're going to have new swag this year. T-shirts will be coming at some point this year, so look out for those. No date set. No date set. You must donate to receive. Must donate to receive those T-shirts, but we'll be getting those out uh, before yours. And it'll probably be a similar situation as the stickers, I can imagine. Yeah. But with that, as always, go green. Go white.